0: Reading List Leaders is a four-part oral gathering recorded as a podcast series by visual artist and poet Vita Somia, with sound designed by artist Kim Modig produced by Frame Contemporary Art Finland within the context of the Rehearsing Hospitality's public programme to 2019-2023. Reading List Leaders is an extension of Vita Somia's poem and wall mural reading List the first work in a series of artistic commissions at Frame Contemporary Art Finland's office space in Helsinki. Each of the four podcasts will be released every Tuesday over four weeks between May 5th to May 26, 2020. Each week, Vita Sonja will host conversations and readings with her invited reading list leaders. Welcome everyone to the Reading List Leaders. My name is Vidha Soumya, and I will be your host. Given that we are doing our best to stay healthy, calm, and optimistic, there is no doubt that these are difficult times. In a time like this, even while we are home, it is easy to get isolated, and therefore, it is worth remembering that despite the current situation, we are still a community, and each of our actions can inspire, motivate, and have a long-lasting effect on those close to us and afar. We may be physically distanced from each other, but we can still create and maintain contact as we take breaks from washing hands, news cycles, online meetings, and stirring a weekly batch of soup. Times are stressful, and to ease through these testing times, I am hoping to amplify a sense of community, curiosity, and our shared worlds, so that we can still feel connected. With this in mind and through the support of Frame Contemporary Art Finland, I am happy to bring to you a series of oral gatherings as a podcast series, which have been recorded over the past weeks. Under the title Reading List Leaders, each week we will gather around readings and discussions with the invited guests. Reading List Leaders was initially planned as a weekly gathering for reading and listening in the Frame Contemporary Art Finland office. Restrictions on the act of gathering in Finland, India and the world due to both COVID-19 and political unrest mean that this is not possible at this time. In the podcast series, this activity can continue in a complementary and meaningful way. Still a place to gather the podcasts, conversations, and readings, activate, archive, and share both the Indian writers who appear in my poem reading list and the reading list leaders themselves. The poem reading list was painted as a mural at Frame Contemporary Art Finland's office space in August 2019. The first work in a series of artistic commissions, the mural was launched during the Rehearsing Hospitality's public program in September 2019, accompanied by a reading of the reading list. Proposed as a list of 96 authors from India who should be in global reading lists, this list is potentially endless. The work was commissioned in the context of Rehearsing Hospitality's Public Programme to 2019-2023. I'll say a few words about the poem. As I read my way through list after list, helpfully extended towards me by institutions, visiting lecturers and seminars in Finland, I encountered many silences. And to mend those silences, these names were my instinctual response. The mural painted multiple times over in colours such as green, blue, yellow and a final red were done to create a layered effect as a visual reference to the -the round-the-clock construction work in cities and as well outer walls of institutions that hold space for voices to express and to dissent in the form of posters, graffiti and signs. I take this opportunity to read to you reading list. Let there be new reading lists of Mahvi, Dhasal, Kelkar, Daruvala, Pritam and Deid, Ambedkar, Singh, Bhaseen, Ramanujan, Dehelvi and Sait, Rege Fazli, Bhutalia, Koteswaramma, Vidyapati and Dhale, Namjoshi, Joshi Tripathi Dasgupta, Devi Bond and Kamble, Balumani Bagul Bagchi, Kutti, Manto and Menon, Roy Renu Revati, Sobati, Shivakami and Subramanyam, Pawar Jahan Ravikumar. Nehal, Ghosh and Rokeya, Begum, Malagatti, Moraes Kabir, Desai and Sambharia, Dai, Ao, Sahgal, Bakshi, Virani and Gokhale, Bama, Naidu, Kolatkar, Korya, Patel and Fule, Gidla, Kane, Markandya, Kandaswami, Hashmi and Gargi, Chandramoli, Chandrika, Guha, Narayanan, Gole and Chakravarti, Dasnavi, Jussawala, Chauhan, Elvin, Koregaonkar and Parsai, Janabai, Vajahat, Shyam, Chugtai, Ezekiel and Ramabai. Erali, Sili, Jafri, Senapati, Chaturvedi and Raman, Gadhar, Chirappad, Metrei, Shyamala, Jha and Premchand should have long begun. Choose anyone. We will see how. Reading lists must expand now. In the previous gathering, we were listening to Shrujana Niranjani Shridhar, a Mumbai-based illustrator, designer, and co-founder of the Dalit Panther Archive. Shrujana read from the writings of Namdeo Dhasal and Raja Dhale. Following the reading, Shrujana spoke about her archiving process, the need for hyper-local reading rooms and gatherings, the politics and reality of publishing houses, and her relationship With children's literature. As one of the writers mentioned in the reading list, and as someone who has written extensively on gender, women's empowerment, participatory and sustainable development, participatory training, media and communication, it is such a pleasure to have Kamla Bhaseen, feminist activist, poet, author, and social scientist, join us from New Delhi, for the second oral gathering of reading list leaders. Kamla Bhaseen is a social scientist by training. Currently, she works with Sangat, a feminist network, as advisor, Jagori, a women's resource and training center, and Jagori Rural Charitable Trust as an active member. She is the South Asia coordinator of One Billion Rising, a global campaign to end violence against women and girls. She is the co-chair of the worldwide network Peace Women Across the Globe and member of South Asians for Human Rights. Prior to this, she worked with the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations for 27 years. Kamla Bhasin will read in English and in Hindi-Urdu, followed up by a discussion in English. Summaries of the Hindi-Urdu poems have been included in the description of this podcast. Even though Hindi-Urdu may not be languages you follow or understand, I urge you to listen to them to familiarize yourself with sounds that have helped empower many women and children around the world. Her readings will include Because I am a girl, I must study kya main makeup karti hun? do i use makeup from being objects to becoming subjects corona ke zamane mein in the times of corona written on march 26 2020 and ab hum sikandar hain shikar nahi over to you kamla because i'm a girl
1: i must study a father asks his daughter, Study? Why should you study? I have sons plenty, Girl, why should you study? The daughter tells her father, Father, since you ask, let me tell you why I must study. Because I'm a girl, I must study. Long denied this right, I must study. For my dreams to take flight, I must study. Knowledge brings new light. I must study. For the battles I must fight, I must study. Because I'm a girl, I must study. To win independence, I must study. To avoid destitution, I must study. To fight frustration, I must study. To find inspiration, I must study. Because I'm a girl, I must study. To fight men's violence, I must study to end my own silence. I must study to challenge patriarchy. I must study to demolish all hierarchy. I must study because I'm a girl. I must study to mold a faith I can trust. I must study to make laws that are just. I must study To sweep centuries of dust, I must study. To challenge what I must, I must study. Because I'm a girl father, I must study. To know right from wrong, I must study. To find a voice that is strong, I must study. To write feminist songs, I must study. To make a world where girls belong, I must study, because I'm a girl, I must study. I'm Kavita, his message is, what do I make up? Yesterday, I was in a big hall, where I was teaching from the stage, a asked, ma'am, kya make up? I went to think Push it. I thought, I हां मैं बिल्कुल करती हूं मेकअप मैं अपना माइंड मेकअप करती हूं मैं अपने सपनों को सजाती हूं मैं इरादों का मेकअप मेक करती हूं और वादों का मेकअप करती हूं हां मैं मेकअप करती हूं एक और फिर उस युवती ने पूछा मैम क्या आप अपने चेहरे का शरीर का मेकअप करती हैं मैं फिर सोच में पड़ी कुछ देर सोचकर मैंने कहा हां दोस्त मैं शरीर का भी मेकअप करती हूं शरीर से मेरा अच्छा नजदीकी रिश्ता है मैं उसकी इज्जत करती हूं उसके ओरिजिनल रंग रूप को अपनाती हूं ऐश्वर्या सुष्मिता से तुलना कर उसे कमतर नहीं बताती हूं क्योंकि अपने जिस्म को चाहती हूं उसे अपनाती हूं मैं उसको खूब सजाती हूं हर दिन 1 सिर्फ उसके साथ दिखाती हूँ, उसे शहर पर ले जाती हूँ, योग से ताकतवर लचीला बनाती हूँ। पूरी उम्र मैंने शरीर को समारा निखारा और शरीर देता रहा मुझे सहारा। हम दोनों तहत्तर साल के होने वाले हैं, ना मैं बेचारी, ना वो बेचारा। मगर दोस्त, अगर मेकअप से तुम्हारा मतलब वो है जिसे मैं फेकअप कहती हूँ, तो वो मैंने कभी नहीं किया। मेरे रंग, रूप, शक्ल, उसूलत जैसे हैं, मुझे पसंद हैं। मैंने कॉस्मेटिक्स के इश्तगारों को, सौंदर्य के बाजारों को कभी भी मुझे कम तरीका अहसास नहीं कराने दिया। मैंने कोशिश की है, हर नकली चीज को नकारने की, नकली चेहरों को की। तो मेरी जवान खूबसूरत दोस्तों लोगों को हमेशा मुझे उसी रूप में अपनाना पड़ा जैसी मैं थी अब जो भी मुझे चाहते हैं मेरी झुर्रियां अपनाते हैं मेरे सफेद बालों को सहलाते हैं मेरे चढ़ते बुढ़ापे से ना कतराते हैं ना घबराते हैं हमेशा से मैं जैसी हूं वैसी ही दिखती हूं from being objects to becoming subjects. I wrote this after reading something by the iconic feminist Bell Hooks. Subjects act, objects are acted upon. Subjects observe, objects are observed. Subjects are their own masters, objects are controlled by others. Subjects define themselves and their own reality. Objects are defined by others. In patriarchy, women have been made objects. And feminism is a journey from objecthood to subjecthood. So happy journey, women। पुराने जमाने में ये सच है कि आज बहुत कुछ बंद है, मिलना मिलाना बंद है, बाहर आना जाना बंद है, बाहर पीना खाना बंद है, हर मॉल, रेस्तरां, बार, सिनेमा बंद है। पर दोस्तों ये सोशल दूरी सिर्फ जिस्मानी है, जिस्मों को दूर रखना है, मगर को पास है। अपने कुटुंब में पूरी वसुधा को समाना है। अब तो खानदान का मतलब पूरी कायनात, पूरा जमाना है। अब सब अपने हैं, कोई भी ना बेगाना है। हाँ बहुत कुछ बंद है, मगर अभी भी बहुत कुछ खुला है। मुस्कुराना, हँसना, हँसाना, खिल-खिलाना, योग और ध्यान में रमना, नया सीखना सिखाना। फोन पर गप्पे लगाना प्यार जताना भूले हुए दोस्तों को बीते दिनों की याद दिलाना दिलों में प्यार और उम्मीद जगाना अभी भी बंद नहीं है सोशल मीडिया पर इंसाफ और अमन के संदेश पहुंचाना हुक्मरानों को शोषितों सीमान्तों की याद दिलाना मोहब्बत अमन उम्मीद के गीत गाना और सुनाना विवान नहीं है सूरज अभी भी चमकता है रातों को चांद अभी भी चमकता है चिड़िया चहचहाती है जानवर दौड़ लगाते हैं पेड़ पौधे अभी भी ऑक्सीजन फैलाते हैं धरती पानी हवा अभी भी अन्न हैं नदियां अभी भी समंजर तक जाती हैं और उस लंबे रास्ते में आजादी के गीत हैं आज हमारी जिम्मेदारी इतनी है कि आज के इस दौर में कोई भी भूखे न रहे खुद को अकेले तिरस्कृत महसूस न करे और दोस्तों इस सैलाब से जब भी हम बाहर निकलें बेहतर इंसान बनकर निकलें यह नज़्म है विक्टिम और सर्वाइवर वाले फर्क पर और इसका मय नयश शके अब हम सिकंदर हैं शिकार में पिता शाहिन ने वदा रखा है हम औरतों को victim यानी शिकार महरा बेबस मज़лум मेनु अपने ही घर में होता है बहुत सी औरतों का शिकार और अक्सर शिकारी होता है हमारा अपना ही परिवार कहीं हत्या भ्रूण में कभी डुबोकर दूध में कभी he भूखों मार के, कभी बिना उपचार के, कभी हिंसा he से, कभी बलात्कार से, कभी बेबसी, बेजायदाद होने से और कभी आजादी खोने से। मगर अब सुनिए अच्छी खबर, अच्छी is ये है है कि सारी तो नहीं पर काफी he is अब नहीं है he बेचारी अब हमें क्या कहेंगे लोग की परवाह नहीं हमारे दिलों से अब निकलती बेबस आह नहीं अब हम मजबूर नहीं मज़لوم नहीं जुझारू हैं जीवंत हैं मज़बूत हैं हम अब शिकार नहीं सिकंदर हैं अपने मुकद्दर के सिकंदर हम जुझारू तो हैं पर लड़ाकू नहीं ना हम खुद शिकार हैं न बनाना चाहती हैं किसी और को शिकार, खुद सदियों तक नाइनसाफी और जुल्म सहे हैं, इसलिए अब हमें है सबकी बराबरी, आजादी, खुशहाली से प्यार। तो एक बार और ध्यान से सुन लीजिए, अब हम औरतें, विक्टिम नहीं, सर्वाइवर हैं, अबला नहीं, सबला हैं, पस्त नहीं just hain, mast hain, shikar nahin, sikandar hain, aada abarz hair,
0: aada abarz hain, aada abarz hain. Thank you, Kamla Ji, for joining us.
1: So first of all, I wish to congratulate you for writing that poem called Reading List. And I also want to appreciate the frame which responded so positively to what you had done. It is this openness to positive criticism which takes us forward. So I'm really, really glad. And secondly... Actually, I'm always surprised when people select me as a poet because I really don't consider myself to be a poet. So anyway, that's me about myself. So congratulations, well done. And I hope this project will be also a support to global feminist solidarity And in this time of corona, if we get one lesson from this, it is that as human beings, we are here on this planet together, not as blacks and whites, not as eastern and western, not as male, female, men, women, transgenders. And we must realize we are but a tiny, tiny particle on this planet. And perhaps the weakest one, as we can see today, what is happening to these superpowers with all kinds of bombs, not knowing what to do in the face of a tiny virus, which is not even a living being. So this is my hope, that if we survive this, we survive as better, more responsible human beings who have humility. And who consider themselves children of Mother Nature.
0: Thank you for your words uh, because this is something you also mentioned in the poem that you recently had also uploaded, which so started with Corona ke zamane me and uh, kind of urging as to what is going to happen and how will it be when we survive this.
1: Well, actually, I wrote it like seven or eight hours ago.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: I mean, I wrote it this morning. There was some discussion on a WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. and I wrote it, and then I asked the young man who looks after my disabled son to make that video, there is nobody else okay. in these times of self-quarantine, and <laughs> I was so surprised that you had actually seen it.
0: Maybe I begin uh, first with uh, the question around children's literature or uh, text or poems that are written for younger people. Because children reread a text again and again, unlike most adults where we read something and then we move on to the next one. But children really revisit texts many times. Maybe if you could share what prompted you to write poems for children or text for children. And how did the subject matter for it uh, come about? When I
1: had my two children, I was quite old. According to biology, I was about 32 when I conceived for the first time. Mm -hmm. And two years later, for the second time, I realized that I did not like most of the children's rhymes, either in Hindi or in English, which were available for my children. I found most of them patriarchal and sexist, you know, repeating the gender stereotypes. Or some of them, I mean, quite stupid, really. So just playing around with my children, I started coming out with poems. I didn't think they were poems. But when I found, my God, you know, I should write them down. During my maternity leave, I wrote down several of them and I found that uh, after the second pregnancy, I had about 20-25 poems and they were actually challenging gender stereotypes, most of them. Not consciously, but quite naturally and unconsciously. I was writing them because in my family, my partner, the man I was married to, She was a house husband. She was looking after the family and the children. And I was working outside. In my poems, the father is singing a lullaby to a daughter and saying, go to sleep, my child. Your mother will come back from work. She'll breastfeed you. And then I'll play with you again. So that is how really my first work on about children, for children, was born. And then when I came back to work, I showed those poems to a friend of mine who worked with UNICEF. She loved those poems, and she thought that they would really fit the kind of thinking, I mean, UNICEF would like the children to have. And UNICEF published it in the 80s, and they
0: fit them in five languages. Wow. In India. <laughs> and
1: then in Pakistan, one of my feminist friends, she published them in four languages in Pakistan. So this is how that book came out, and it is called *Dhamak Dham, Batchel mm-hmm. to And one of the languages in which UNICEF had done it was English. And, uh, you know, about 35 years after I had done those poems, Today, they seem to have become topical. Everybody is today talking about care work, how important it is for men to participate in household work, etc., etc. And you know, after that, in Scandinavia, where you live, we've been talking about paternity leave, and everybody is saying, unless household work is shared by all, There can be no equality between women and men. Sometimes it takes 30-35 years for your thoughts to be accepted. And I'm glad I waited without becoming disappointed. Ha ha.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, what a journey. Yeah, and then just kind of tying it up again to something starting from children, because that's our primary experience growing up amongst adults uh, as children and then also as caregivers and uh, caretakers, that these ideas of gender, for example, start getting taught and also start getting imbibed. And, yeah. and because patriarchy has such a strong hold over our thoughts, our ideas, even the words that we form to denote certain things, especially, for example, in Hindi, uh, there is, a, there is only thrilling and pulling, and often one, looks at, for example, things that are small and delicate as being having uh, a thrilling uh, uh, yeah, feminine gender assigned to that. You know, it could be an inanimate object, but it has that gender assigned to it.
1: And I want to tell you, Swamyal, that this is not only in India.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was in Germany studying 50 years ago. And German and French also have oh. very, very strong genders. And in Germany the word for a girl is Fraulein and it is a neuter gender genderless Fraulein
0: okay
1: and if a if a woman did not get married she would always remain a Fraulein which actually means a small woman so unless a man married you you would become from a small woman to a full woman. And in my university, there was a lady about 66 years old who never got married, and she was called by the whole world Frau Line. And the gender used was neuter gender, neither male male, nor female. So these genders are extremely, extremely important. And uh, also I have found like in many Norwegian names or, or Swedish names, Ending with son, yeah, like Johansson. Each time, I mean, the woman Kamla Johansson. I mean, how can Kamla be somebody's son? Kamla <laughs> is the woman.
0: So, just to continue from from this line of thought, uh, you often uh, talk about the idea of how do we then uproot this patriarchy that's kind of so um deep rooted in all our actions and especially like with the physique or the body because that's the I mean that's the being that we live with and you you talk about the importance of yoga you also talk about the importance of dance and sports uh, something that has been also close to you in terms of that that's been you know that's been part of your personality so maybe if you could, yeah, just kind of expand over that.
1: Patriarchy really colonizes our minds as well as our bodies. As little girls, the kind of clothes we are given, they physically make it possible for impossible for us to be free. The kind of dresses. In those frocks and in those dresses, you cannot climb a tree, you cannot run. And in those shoes which we are given, little heels, open from the back, they all are speed breakers in our lives. And then if you look at some of our societies here in South Asia, covering up our bodies, being ashamed of our bodies, not really expressing with our bodies. So I think along with decolonizing our minds, We need to open up our bodies, respect our bodies, love our bodies, make them strong. And the only thing patriarchy likes about women's bodies is that we need to be pretty, which means fragile, which means sexy, which means like the Barbie doll. I mean, the Western capitalist patriarchy have given this, what I consider, the most horrible image called the Barbie doll. A sexualized being being given to our little daughters. I mean, you know, when people say that when people will get educated, we will move towards equality. I mean, I don't believe that at all. The people who are creating Barbie dolls Mm -hmm. are all educated, scientific people. But for profit, they will sell anything. Mm. They will sell cigarettes for profit. They'll sell pornography for profit. They will sell Barbie doll for profit. And they will sell Superman for profit. So see the this imagery. On the one hand, this Superman boys, Superman, and we Barbie bloody dolls. Mm -hmm. So I believe we need to really find out what is beauty. Is our beauty in our bodies which are perishable? And what is the beauty of my body? I think the beauty of my body is its strength, is its mobility, is its flexibility, is its naturalness. This is how I have grown up. This is what I think is important. And I find it very sad that the entire consumerist, capitalist patriarchy is selling us these terrible images of macho men and these sexualized women. And I've written quite a few poems about, about what is beauty for girls and also that poem of mine about how important it is for girls to play, yes. to do yoga and to own their bodies, to love their bodies and to make them strong.
0: You also refer to it uh, in many different ways. I mean, all the things that you spoke right now, you refer to them in the poem, for example, Yeto to meri marzi hai or mere narivad or oh, right. khubsoorat ya khubseerat. Soumya, yeah, earlier yes.
1: you had said in the beginning that when you were a child. What you read made a big impact on you. Recently, about two weeks ago, a young woman who is today about, I think, 30 I think she is an academic, sang a poem and shared it on Facebook. And she said when she was about 12 or 13, her mother had taught her that song. And that was one of the first songs I had ever written. Wow. And it's a very long, it's a very long song, like about 15 stanzas. And that woman says she remembers all the 15 stanzas, although she sang about seven or eight of them. And it is this poem, which is also a song now, If daughters are not respected and loved in our country, put your hand on your heart and say, Is your country really free? I was amazed, you know, what an amazing impact these things make. Now, in my own life, I can't say this because I grew up without reading anything. We lived in a village when I was growing up. There was no electricity. And my family had no books at all. And I think if in your childhood, until 15, 16, you don't read it becomes very difficult for you at least for me it was very difficult then so I really in my life I've hardly read anything and my daughter in fact who went to really good school she used to say Amma you have never told us any stories (laughs) baby I said "I, I don't know any stories I'm so happy that all of you young women read things but most of you at that time only read patriarchal stuff. So I'm glad I didn't
0: read it. Yeah. <laughs> Till <That's
1: so true. laughs> my college days, I had never been into a library. My school in that village didn't even have an almira with books.
0: You have worked uh, with uh, several uh, feminist organizations and women from across the globe, especially from Pakistan. In one of your interviews, you you know just sort of mentioned that I got some of the material or I got some of the uh, poems and songs from there. And this kind of a mutual sort of exchange, a very organic exchange takes place. And this is something that I also try to address in this poem reading list, that we have to begin that exchange somewhere. We cannot just speak only about our world within the confines of our geographical area. So I just wanted to also ask you, you know, why this kind of an exchange is maybe important? A couple of things. Um, First of all, as far as
1: we in the so-called third world are concerned, we have always taken things from the so-called West. It is the West which thinks they need not take it from us. That is the sad part. The sad part is that even university is there. And I think to some extent, as women from the South are going there and studying women like you, you are changing it. And I think it will be good. Now, I'll tell you that in 1985-86, I was in Oslo. Invited four women from all over the world were invited to the Nordisk Forum. This was after the Second World Conference on Women, which took place in Nairobi, that the Nordic countries had a Nordisk forum. And I was invited there, and I saw that that government organization had done so much work on gender that I saw some publications with feminist cartoons and jokes making fun of patriarchy. And I remember sitting with one of my feminist friends from Sweden. We sat the whole night because the next day I was going to leave. And I made her translate those lines in each cartoon, in that feminist cartoon book. And 10 or 15 years later, I created a joke book here. And with many, many ideas and cartoons from Nordic countries. So I think we have a lot to learn from all over. And as far as India and Pakistan are concerned, Soumya, I mean, we are not two countries. That's true. We were just divided by the British in a very, very silly, strange way, and we are still suffering because of that. I mean, with Punjab in Pakistan, I share much, much more then I share anything with the South of India. I cannot speak a single South Indian language and I speak two or three languages or I share two or three languages with my Pakistani friends. And my main work has been in South Asia. For the last 40 years, I work in South Asia, not just in India. And I feel this cross-fertilization of ideas With anyone, not just the neighbouring countries, with anyone can be Scandinavia. And I think it's extremely important. And here I want to compliment the countries, the region where you are living today. I mean, the Nordic countries have done the best work for towards gender equality. And we are all extremely grateful for that. We are not saying that Nordic countries have achieved gender equality. No, but my God, they have made a headway. They have shown other countries what all can be done through social welfare policies, through providing child care for women, through reservations for women, through getting women into political parties. So I think it is extremely important this work which you are doing and making these corrections and making them sort of get things from other civilizations and other countries, we can only benefit from this exchange.
0: Coming to the form of poetry. So, as compared to, for example, prose, which often then uh, gets converted into, say, stories and speeches, and, and especially when one is addressing uh, complicated topics, then somehow poetry has this very beautiful way of bringing in several nuances without spelling out everything, you know, by this manner of suggestion. It really gets its point across. This is something that uh, one has seen also in your poetic work. Maybe if you shared a little bit about your writing process.
1: I'll repeat really, I don't consider myself a poet. I have no idea how poetry is written. I have hardly read any poetry. And the process of writing for me is that I don't think and say, okay, I'm going to write a poem today. Like if I take today, the 25th of March, a discussion on WhatsApp group talking about Corona and lockdowns, and I write these 25, 30 lines. So for me, all my writing comes from what is happening around me, mainly from campaigns we are doing. So most or many of my poems are for campaigns against violence against women, campaigns for property for women, campaigns sharing household work. And you know, much more than poems, I write slogans. And slogans because, you know, you can chant slogans Mm -hmm. with hundreds of others. And that kind of chanting, that kind of singing, is absolutely important in my work. And my work is Organizing people for change. And many of my poems are actually sung. And I actually give them tunes. I don't know music again. But I know a lot of folk songs from my childhood. So I take a folk song tune and then write the poems or the lyrics according to that tune and get it out to our campaigns, to our training programs. And, you know, in, when I started this, it was about 45 years ago, the literacy rate in South Asian villages was very low. So for me, oral media, songs, slogans, poems, are much, much more important than the written media. And of course, like the video media, they are much more expensive. We can't reach them still to the majority of the people. And you know, when it is a slogan or a song, then the mind and the heart and the body, they all come together. Also, when we are singing a song, you and I can sing together. So that togetherness and that coming together of the mind and the body and the heart and I really believe that for changes to come in our societies, it is not enough to change our minds. We need to change our hearts. We need to change the way we feel. And for me, songs, poetry, slogans, they are all ways to reach to the hearts of people and to encourage them, invite them to think about things and to change things if they are necessary
0: to be changed. We were listening to poems and many insightful views by Kamla Bhaseen, feminist activist, poet, author, and social scientist who joined us from New Delhi. I am Vidha Somya, your host, and this was the second oral gathering of reading list leaders a four part podcast series produced by Frame Contemporary Art Finland within the context of rehearsing hospitality's public program 2019 to 2023